Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, Hedvig! And if you've got no other choice, you know you can follow my voice through the dark turns and noise of this wicked little town. Lady Luck has left you here. Don't turn around. We're back with Hedvig, Inch by Angry Inch, the podcast where we analyse and tear down the movie masterpiece Hedvig and the Angry Inch, chapter by chapter. I am your host, John. Hello again. And I am joined by two very, very special guests today. And as I always am, let's be honest, the best people are willing to talk about this movie. It's nothing to do with me. Uh, First up, from the Speak Easily crew, we have Klingon Vanna White. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I would be angry if you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to hear that every time, every time. And uh, joining her is the most wicked one of all, Dragula's own, Abora. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been angry if I didn't get that as well. <laughs> I won't be doing that voice the whole time. It's too exhausting. <laughs> I don't know how you do it as long as you do. <laughs> I love you, Abora. <laughs> Thank you. Likewise, I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then there's me, John. Boring. Oh, I love Boo. you, John. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Screw me. Screw me. Anyway, this is chapter 14, titled Wicked Little Town. And um, this has become something of a fan favourite to people, even though it's quite mellow. So I thought, you know, mellow. Who, who's mellow? Klingon, Vanna White and Abora. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought I'd mix it up, go with the unexpected. I'm going to mellow on this so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I thought you've got you've to keep the energy up. You have to make it exciting. But uh, we start as we are back. With uh, Hedvig and the Korean sergeant's wives rocking the fuck out, I thought it was really punk of them to just completely miss their mark when Hedvig asked them to stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just uh, there. I feel like they're uh, they're there for a dollar and uh, not much for the art. You know, they're just yeah. uh, kind of, you know, kind of just there to make a buck. I think. They're one of those bands who just do what the leader tells them. Like, oh, you want me to do that? Okay, fine, whatever, shut up. <laughs> I love the turnaround and the like the hand thing. It's just like, cut it out. Stop, you know? <laughs> I've seen so many stage divas do that. Oh, for, for real? Not even like having fun? Oh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. Oh and that's, that's why, um, that's why <laughs> you know, the creator put that in there. I love it. I've seen, I've seen, um, oh my gosh, oh gosh, what is her name? Well, like um, some, some big chanteuses like turn around and start, you know, snapping their fingers on the beat because they're on the wrong beat, all that stuff, especially. Oh my yeah, God. It's amazing. I love it. These people have probably been through it because uh, John Cameron Mitchell was saying they are actually musicians. Oh, you could tell that they were. Yeah, it, it comes across, isn't it? They're not actors at all. <laughs> yeah, very believable. Um, I find that uh, a disjointed performance can sometimes be like uh, uh, an unexpected uh, um, 
gold mine, like the uh, Patty Patty LaBelle, I think, um, where she uh, oh, yeah. went to do the famous uh, "This Is Christmas," and she didn't know the lyrics, and no one had cue cards ready, so she was just kind of vibing the song out. It was <laughs> kind of. Oh, I love that. Oh, I've That's never amazing. seen that. Did she oversoul? Yeah, well, she sold it. Um, <laughs> a lot of confused white people in the audience, though. <laughs> Doodly do Christmas. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we're having it. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas time, baby. <laughs> No, that's wonderful. I I love it whenever I'm at a show and something like that happens. I want it to fall apart gloriously. Yeah, it's theater, man. Hell yeah! And the best thing is seeing how they how they deal with it. I think don't let it get to you. Just just fucking roll with it. And yeah, they they're do. like, oh, she's doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> they just go along with the flow. It's good to see. Yes, and hell yeah, yes, and that's yeah. They they know what they're doing. They know what's up. And uh, I think the the smattering of applause. And the decor instantly lets you know the kind of place that we're in. <laughs> it's like a, just a cheap kind of cafe or something. Yeah, like a ice cream store or something. I love yeah. the lady coming out of the bathroom because that just let you know what it was. <laughs> yeah. It was like That's like she around. went into the bathroom. They weren't there. She comes out and she's like shocked. Where did this band come from? <laughs> That's happened to me a hundred times. I know, she's me. Not as the musician, can I just say. I come out of the bathroom, like, oh shit, I'm I'm on stage because it's in some crappy bar. (laughs) And then you're the jerk, and it's like, what? I'm just trying to, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I guess I just should have peed on the floor like everybody else. (laughs) Why not pee in a bottle and throw it on stage? There you go, punk. But that actually, because that kept happening to me, I decided after a few years, you know what, if there's a show on, I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm going to stay and see the act, even if it's shit. I don't care. (laughs) You're just so polite. It's anxiety eating away at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a curse. It seems that uh, Hedvig just does these shit gigs at places where it almost feels like the establishment does not want her to perform there. And she basically begs and pleads and she throws some money at them. But it just seems like this um, such a delightful um, wedging of herself into heteronormative society and just getting her break any way that she can. And that's so that's just so empowering as a queer person trying to stay visible. Um, It's um, it's really funny, too, because just like the opening scene, I think, is uh, at a lobster restaurant and oh yeah yeah uh, bilge waters right and everyone's just trying to eat their meal and she's like <laughs> screaming in their faces and, like getting into their food <laughs> that's the best way to do it just just make them watch make them pay attention like i actually get the impression maybe the manager phyllis stein great name best name ever uh, i get the impression she sets up all the gigs and doesn't even let the venues kind of in on on what kind of an act it is like, what are they going to be playing? Oh, you know, it's just some nice numbers. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the name Philistine. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. who's been on the show has said the same thing. Like, even <laughs> me, like, I, watched, I once watched this movie every day for a month, right, because I was bored. And um, I still didn't pick up on it for, like, another couple of years. <laughs> I just now got it, too, now that oh, Abora, like, pointed it out. And then I was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> 
It, that's a drag name if I've ever heard one. Come on, no. Phyllis Stein. Uh, I feel like she would be. Uh, I feel like she would be selling the joke every time it's announced because that stuff just goes over the Midwest's head. Sorry to the Midwest. <laughs> I wish I could have an opinion on that, but uh, you know, I'm stuck <laughs> over in England, so. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to put my listeners off. <laughs> no, I don't care. Fuck them all. Yeah. What's sweet about this audience, though, is it kind of seemed to me that they really loved her and that they had kind of a relationship with her because she's kind of joking with them about karaoke superstars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, she's uh, nodding at the uh, gentleman that she might have uh, solicited sex to, and he's uh, on a date <laughs> having to sort of shimmy out of that situation, which is, <laughs> you know, bitter. Oh, I love that. <laughs> she says, now... I know a lot of you guys out there tonight, a lot better than some of you would care to admit. <laughs> and it's the reactions that get me. Like, that, that woman with the guy, she looks, like, not just inquisitive, but furious at him. Well, she's putting the pieces together. Yeah. Hang on, it all makes sense. Yeah, I thought I saw lipstick on your collar and uh, <laughs> a couple wig hairs on your, on your shoulder. Oh, and, and what a wig. It's it's quite different to the rest of them in the movie. It's lovely. I, I yeah. could love this style with the black um low lights and this just like sharp swooshing it's it's very 2000s it takes me very very back to a nostalgic place oh i'm so glad you said that because when i was making the notes that was the first thing that hit me the movies never kind of looked old to me until i sat down and put this clip on i was like oh yeah that's in a good way that's that's old yeah it's now becoming that the 2000s are a nostalgic uh, kind of decade and we're all just sort of noticing those trends that sort of came and went like fedoras, the scarves, the oh, yeah. awful things that we thought were so trendy. <laughs> it is interesting that because when it was happening, I remember having many conversations with people where we'd be like, oh, you know, there's, there's no style anymore there's no style to this decade <laughs> what's the look gonna be and now you look back at it and you get it you get what people probably said about the 80s when they got older you know i see it there is a look there is a style mm. <laughs> a lot of studs a lot of stripes a lot of stars people just trying to make mm. um punk mainstream uh if you look at like mcqueen um a lot of that victorian uh style trickled back down mm. yeah but a lot of garbage a lot of garbage <laughs> yeah, i think every decade's kind of guilty mm. but yeah. sometimes the garbage is the best mm. agreed <laughs> makes me wonder what i'm wearing right now that's like totally gonna be like a butt of someone's joke <laughs> later <laughs> don't worry i'm the butt of people's jokes every day i just roll with it now <laughs> <laughs> if you can bring a smile to somebody's face you're doing good Exactly. I was I was buying some beers for tonight, and the the lady in the shop stopped me to ask me about my socks. <laughs> so there you go. Huh. I was like, oh my god, have they got glitter on them? I'm like, yeah, the Christmas socks. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it went down a treat. <laughs> of course, of course they are. <laughs> I mean, if we're recording in April. That's when you wear Christmas socks, right? Well, when is this coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Probably in about four weeks, so uh, not too long. <laughs> not even close. It's, it, it's actually an indicator of the state of your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> You're backed up to December. <laughs> Have you been going through my hamper? Yes. 
You know far too much. We can smell it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can smell it over the air. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners are getting a whiff. <laughs> Smell-a-vision. <laughs> now, this uh, this song that Hedvig is about to sing, they announced it as their first song that they wrote, and it was written for a guy to sing, which, uh, you know, hey, mix it up. Don't go changing the pronouns on lyrics. I think that's weak. When people like, uh, you'll get a man who won't sing a song because it mentions a man in it. That's weak. <laughs> you do it anyway. Artists got to stay true to their uh, artistic integrity or whatever. Um, <laughs> but maybe perhaps um, this was written when Hedvig was still um, male and uh, yes. probably alludes to that. Yeah. Well, I also got the vibe that maybe maybe they wrote it then. But as it goes through the lyrics, it also kind of um, sounds maybe like Hansel, their, their former identity. is It's almost like they're singing to Hedvig in the future. It's kind of like uh, giving them advice and guidance. Like, don't look back. Keep going. You know, you can, you can change. You can be a better person. You can be who you want to be. Mm. Yeah, the line that really struck me was the uh, one about Mrs. Lott and um, mm. Junction City. Because I think as a queer person, we all have that um, point in our lives where we look around and we, you know, we're sort of not happy with the, you know, slow pace of a heteronormative mundane town. And we, you know, pick up our things and go. This is just a sort of sweet song to um, comfort somebody feeling those things. And I think Tommy uh, watching in through the bushes... (laughs) or whatever, <laughs> is sort of resonating with that a little bit. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the, the Lot thing, Mrs. Lot. Mm, great line. I genuinely had never thought about that lyric before until sort of sitting down to analyse this. I was just It was just a word in the song, you know, just a phrase. And then it, it dawned on me, oh, it's like, it's the Bible story of Lot, which would connect with, uh, with uh, Tommy as well. Right. It's almost as if Tommy had some hand in writing it or Hedvig had some serendipitous. Tying that in, um, there's a, now that you mentioned the Philistine thing, there's a lot of biblical references throughout this movie for being so be mm. dippy spiritual. It's very rooted in the uh, biblical texts, which is interesting. I, I don't, it's, it is and it isn't when you consider how, um, those little towns are so governed by the church and um, that sort of sort of Christian kind of overlord and, you know, like mm. people judging you for certain things. As somebody who did leave a little town to go to California, you know, I um, felt all those things. And those were the reasons yeah. why I left. So like, I was just kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we've all uh, come from a similar kind of place. I've, I've lived a lot of places, but half of my life, it's always been in crappy little English towns and villages even where there's like two shops. <laughs> Awful. Get me out. Yeah. It's, it's the worst thing in the world. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. I got, got out as fast as I could. Much, much happier now I'm in Liverpool. Ah, wonderful. Ah, it's cooler. <laughs> but um, yeah, that story of Lot, when I looked into it, it does kind of connect to the, the lyrics as well, because it's, it, again, from the Bible. And two angels arrive in Sodom, and uh, they spend the night with Lot and his wife. 
and uh, th- they're about to destroy the town of Sodom, you know. But because Lot was so nice to these angels, they they clue him in, and they're like, you know, if you, if you get out, you'll survive because you've been so nice to us. We'll let you know, you know, flee, flee for your life. And they say, don't look behind you. Run to the hills, lest you be swept away. But Lot's wife looks back on their way, sees the destruction of the town, and she gets turned to salt, like she's destroyed. And uh, it just it made me think again of Hedvig. It's about them moving forward, never looking back, because all this bad stuff's happened. It's not going to help you. Just keep pressing ahead and you'll be okay. Yeah, that moment of hesitation can uh, really kill your momentum. Yeah. I just think it's funny the angels stopped by like on their way, like a cup of coffee. They're like, hey, I gotta eat your bathroom. Um, <laughs> hey, you guys seem real nice. We'll let you in on it. This is kind of against what my manager wants, but yeah. I get the impression maybe they, they just had a few drinks, got drunk, and you know, oh, yeah, tomorrow the town's gonna be blown up. And they're like, what? <laughs> they wake up in the morning, like, oh shit, what did we say? <laughs> It is very strange that all you need to do to survive is just be sort of kind to a couple of angels once. <laughs> yeah, you never know when you run into an yeah, <laughs> run into an angel. Just gave them somewhere to sleep. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be saved. Everyone else, though, bastards. Oh, one more <laughs> thing. Uh, don't look. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I tried to research the reason without having to read the Bible. I tried to research the reason why she couldn't look, but I couldn't see anything other than just... Oh, I'm sure it's it like... It is a metaphor. Yeah, it's based in some sort of, you have to take it on faith or whatever. You can't question any, you know, biblical source. And you, it's just a part of, like, training people to accept stuff without um, any, in, you know, any inquisition. Yeah. Well... Inquisitiveness. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just, just take my word for it. Just please. Uh, I think that actually kind of gets handed down from Greek mythology. I remember there's a story of a man goes down to Hades to uh, retrieve his dead wife, and Hades strikes a deal and says, you can have her back, but she's going to follow you out of hell. You just can't turn around and look at her. You just have to keep going and he does and he sees her like sort of phase away and it's this tragic kind of um, can't remember i remember that one too yeah. yeah and a lot of these religions have the same kind of stories flowing through them don't they yeah i mean it's the same thing it just transmutates characters it's like a new sitcom every fucking <laughs> on season four of religion <laughs> <laughs> oh it was Orpheus and Eurydice. Ah, there you go. Yeah. You'll never guess what these kids get into next. Some <laughs> I would watch this show. If there was a program like uh, American Horror Story or something that just went through all the different religious tales and made them horrific, I'd watch that. Well, people don't like to be sold to, especially with religion. So you'd have to change all the names and places. Uh, it'd be it'd be Gotham and Samora. <laughs> I'm still tuning in. <laughs> now, as we uh, mentioned before, Hedvig offers this song up as a karaoke hit to the uh, the people in in attendance, and uh, it made me think. You know, Hedvig actually says some of you kick karaoke ass, and I might just be 
a dickhead here, but I don't like it when people are actually good at karaoke. I like it when they're kind of shit. Oh, it's really going for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my preference also. With the one exception of my friend Paul, because he covers uh, Holy Diver by the by Dio. Is it Ronnie James Dio? And he's fucking great at it. I'll let him off. But everyone else is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just jealous because I can't sing. <laughs> yeah, it does put a tam- damper in it if somebody goes up there and they're like full on opera. Yeah. The one time I was going to go up, because there's a karaoke place like down the road from my house but it's always it's alternative karaoke so you can do like marilyn manson and things like this oh that sounds fun oh well i was gonna do manson i was gonna do the sex pistols this one time i'd had enough drinks i was like right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then the person who went up was like a pro so i was just nope not doing it now <laughs> did all the mouth screaming shit like the like that. Yep. <laughs> exact <laughs> Do we need to call uh, yeah. someone? <laughs> Tough act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I did go up was, again, God, this is like a Christmas episode. It was Christmas. And um, <laughs> I was very drunk and four of us did the pokes. Uh, Fairy Aww. tale in New York, which is overdone. But we didn't care because like three of the people were Irish and then there was me. So it was fine. <laughs> Don't you really have to be drunk to do the pokes anyway? Exactly. That's the thing. You don't need to be able to sing and you have to be drunk. So it worked. <laughs> Magical. Yeah. People who are professional uh, karaokeers, um, I heard about a story of this other podcast. Uh, I won't mention the name because we're not cross promoting anything. <laughs> you, you, you can if you like, unless it's a bad story. <laughs> uh, this podcast is called uh, Your Favorite Band Sucks and it's awesome and ironic and. Oh, yeah. cover every major band and then they just tear them apart uh but <laughs> they live in um nashville uh music city and basically uh karaoke there is a nightmare because you get all these wannabe professionals just getting up one after the other bringing their own guitar and oh, horrible just the auditioning to nobody like why are you here like what how like it's is is this it's this narcissistic exercise sadly you do get that here as well being liverpool oh, it's not people from liverpool it's like students who've come to to study here they'll think oh yeah yeah you know liverpool is the it's the home of the beatles i'll just get up on stage it'll be fine yeah yeah, yeah same trajectory <laughs> i got the haircut and everything <laughs> I got three friends that look just like me. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a, a good Beatles tribute band here, and I think the answer is no. Well, they'd have to be better than the Beatles, which they suck. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I loved it because my friend is in a band called Zombina and the Skeletones. Oh, I love it. It's a great name, and uh, the the punk band The Damned were playing here. And uh, Captain Sensible was on stage and he said, uh, you know, are we, we're going to dedicate this song to the best band to ever come out of Liverpool. <laughs> so everyone was like, oh, the Beatles, the Beatles. And he's like, Zombina and the Skeletons. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> um, I'm going to take my pants off just because I thought this was going to be a video. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please be comfortable. Yes. Hey, you know, the, the listeners to this know that 
half the time my pants are off because it it gets warm when you're recording. It's summer. I don't know if it's summer. Yeah, we're in the northern hemisphere. It's summer that. where I am too, yeah. and I my my cling dongs out. I cannot. <laughs> 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 well, you know, being in England, it might technically be getting to summer, but it's been spent. It's been uh, raining all day. Ah, well, that'll be nice for your garden. English summer. English summer rain. Yeah, we had like two days of sun uh, over the weekend just gone, and then I think that's probably about it. And nobody can go outside anyway, except for me, because I'm an essential worker. So, uh, What do you do? Oh, I work in a pharmacy. Oh. That's exciting, isn't it? You're thrilling. Oh, we could get drugs from you. <laughs> you know, maybe a little <laughs> bit of methadone. And uh... <laughs> Oh, that's not, my, that's not my speed. You gotta, <laughs> you, you got to turn it up to an eleven. Speed is my speed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Let, let me just say, uh, clarify, if anyone's listening, I don't do that. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> I don't either. No, no. That was just a hypothetical. Got to uh, pay the bills, day job. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Tedious, tedious. Um, but then Hedvig says, uh, we are talking to Phil Collins's people. <laughs> and I love how it's not even Phil. It's just his label or something. It's people. <laughs> just alluding to people related to Phil Collins. <laughs> it's one of my ambitions in life to say that to someone one time. You know, uh, call my people. Oh, yeah. I um, only recently got people. Um, <laughs> so it's great. It's really, you just throw that at anybody you can throw that at like parking meter maids oh yeah give them like a, a number here call my people yeah yeah yeah. just send this ticket to my people <laughs> it is i think that is the main reason to become famous it's not anything else it's purely to say that yeah have my people call your people we'll set up lunch <laughs> and also hedvig's thing is is this even real like is hedvig just lying because it sounds fun because then the, the, the next line is you know but then again aren't we all which makes me think it's a fantasy. Yeah, that kind of threw me. Like, okay. If rumors are to be believed, he is the kind of person who divorced his wife via fax. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful. But it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Wow. <laughs> I could see him doing it. Imagine that thing printing out and you're reading it. Honey, <laughs> I have some bad news. <laughs> probably just the declaration you know it's like put through the the lawyer thing just divorce at the top yeah. <laughs> from phil's people <laughs> yeah declaration of intention to divorce offices of phil's people <laughs> modern day divorce declaration would probably be on like tiktok or something oh my god <laughs> And it would become viral, that, sadly. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's probably why you wouldn't want to do it, because you know that it'll just be screenshot and shared on, like, you know, Twitter and Facebook and everything, and everybody will know what a, yeah. what a jerk you are. As if anybody thinks that far ahead. <laughs> Not TikTok users, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making fun of them. I installed that app last week, so I'm one of them. It's been great. It's been fun. I've been using it. Yeah, I, I avoid... Well... I avoided it up until I did the episode of this show with Laganja Stranger, and they were plugging it so much. They were like, you need to get on it. It's great. It's great. Go on. So I did install it, and although I'm not posting any personal videos, I am f finding it kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I love seeing what these kids are coming up with. Um, they're so funny. And they're so funny in a nonsensical, kind of abstract way. And it's yeah. it's this like weird new <laughs> mutation of 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 it's like a vine kind of thing, and then everyone's just got your they've got these like inside jokes that become that just get yeah. taken up and then everybody just starts Okay, okay, I'll install it. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. It gives me hope for uh the comedy taste of the future. Okay, I feel like such a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a Phyllis Stein. <laughs> Got ya. It's a thing. And I absolutely love this guy in the crowd, his reaction to this news about Phil Collins, because he's like, wow, that's impressive, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah. It's really middle-of-the-road, g- generic white man. It's delivered in such a cheeky way that you that I knew, or at least I thought that it was just such a joke that... To her, she was talking to Phila Collins's people. Phila Collins. <laughs> oh, Phila Collins. Phyllis Collins. Phyllis Collins. Yeah, that's kind of a, one of those you, humble brag things. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe like, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 just seems so outlandish that it's just like a like a <laughs> it's a cheeky joke. Yeah. Yeah, because this. I mean, this band. We think they're great. You know us watching the movie but there's no way phil's label have heard them no no no, no. they don't care no. they'll get a thousand demo tapes a week they don't give a shit no i don't know i really liked kwan Yi on guitar <gasps> she's amazing she's great she's in the next movie john cameron mitchell does short bus i believe which i'm not going to cover because it's basically porn oh really so oh, i don't wow. really know how you describe it in a in a podcast i have to check that out wow it's uh, yeah, and she, and she's in it because he's he's good friends with her. I, no, no one else is in it from this off the top of my head. Hmm. Have to I'm check it out. To, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out too. Yeah, do do, and let me know what you think of it. I like as well with the song here how although it mentions Junction City, like everything else is totally unspecific. Like what makes the town so wicked exactly? I I like how we're not told that because we can transpose like our own lives onto it. Yeah, it does work that way. I googled it, and I was expecting to see like a headline that said like a major disaster or something happened or a scandal, mm. and um, nothing. It's just a small town in a district that you know mm-hmm. probably went to Trump, and uh, <laughs> it's just nowhere town. And um, it made me remember the nowhere town that I grew up in, and I yeah. yeah. It's just it's yeah. it's the perfect transposing place. Yeah, it's totally relatable. I think because you know I, I felt like this. It sounds like you've both felt like this. You know, you're in a small town. You're the total outsider. You, you feel at the time, oh, there's nobody else in my position. <laughs> then you meet someone, that one person, one individual, and you both cling to each other, kind of like flies to shit. <laughs> and uh, and it's needed. It's not exactly healthy. But you, you need each other in that moment. And that's kind of what's going on here, maybe. Yeah. I was just trying to think back at that time where, you you know, you I would be friends with people that I shared some common ground with, um, you know, just so you wouldn't get beat up walking down the street mm. but alone. Yeah. And you're not even necessarily close. It's just like, well, we can kind of look out for each other. 
Close at the time. I just, uh, it's totally hilarious. I remember walking down the street. This just came to my head with this um, friend of mine, and we were really into Gautier, and he was wearing a, a skirt, but he also worked out a lot. And then some guy was just like, hey, hey, lady, why don't you come be with a real man? And then oh. my friend is just like, I have a dick. Do you want to see it? <laughs> and it's I, just kind of funny. He just skedaddled away because my friend really worked out. Oh, I thought it would have been better if um, he would have just said, well, later to you. And like went with <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It would have scared that guy to death. <laughs> That's the thing. It's easy to scare these people. They think they're big and tough. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to shout out through your car window as you're driving 50 miles away from a walking pedestrian but um why do they do that like i've had people drive past shout stuff and throw things it's like well you're not tough and big like you just look like an idiot yeah that happened to me once with my sister some guy threw a a cup of ice at us (sighs) and we both ran and caught up with him at the next light yes and just (laughs) screamed at him (laughs) <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and pretend I'm invisible. I didn't think that you were a person that had I know. feelings that could put them back at me. Now I feel bad for what I did. Oh. You should feel bad. So surprised that you could actually hear me. That's the thing. I I don't think they genuinely do realize. Like the, I, They don't think about the moment after. It's like it's funny to them in that moment. And then two seconds later, if you did approach, like, oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, like at a human moment in a juncture where we all come together as people, I think we start to see like maybe in the moment they think that they're innocuous and that it's uh, something that isn't even being heard. Yeah. And maybe it's just a sort of shouting into the void. Screaming into the dark. Yeah. I mean, all I want to do is just hold these people and tell them that I hear them. Yeah. And that we're not so alone in this world. Um, oh, that might actually help. Yeah. Yeah, you're a better person than me. <laughs> I, uh, no. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> There's a weird thing here in Liverpool. I, I don't know if it's just here, but like when I get hassled, I've discovered sometimes the best thing to do is to be real, like really aggressively shout at them back, right? Mm. And then they weirdly like try and be my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's a definite power move you see it in dogs um where an an alpha is established yeah people get real people get real beta real quick when they see somebody crazier or (laughs) taller or blacker (laughs) well last time it happened to me it was like yeah guys insulting my i had hair at the time i'm bald now he he was uh insulting my hair and my shoes so I just I just was really nasty back to him, and then he was he, then he followed me for ages, but not in a nasty way. He was he was chatting, talking, then he was like, oh, "Do you want to buy any coke?" Uh, <laughs> oh. I was like, "No, no, you're okay. Even if I did, I wouldn't be buying it from you." <laughs> Randy Newman's "You Got a Friend in Me" plays in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> just two gals getting along. <laughs> yeah, I live in an area now where. Um, like in Austin, in you know, you never know who has a gun. Oh, oh. shit! Yeah, so yeah. everybody's really polite. 
Oh God, that would freak me out. As an English person, that scares me. It scared me a lot when I moved here. I moved here from the Bay Area and I was just like, what is going on? Why are people so nice? And well, in general, people are really nice here and they have a lot of free time and and kind of on some level, the living's a little easier than in the Bay Area for, for reals. Um, so people have time and, and money and stuff. And so it's a lot more relaxed and coming from the Bay area and, and being completely, you know, like freaked out about, you know, like my next paycheck and everything. And I have to do this fast. I got to get there fast. And then realizing like, Hey, I can slow down. Oh, you know, yeah, and, that's nice. But it was really weird at first. It was just like, why is everybody so nice? Why, what what do they want? Is somebody pickpocketing pocketing me? What's happening? You know, <laughs> it's, it was weird. But then yeah, again, so many guns. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust niceness either. But uh, you were about yeah. to say something about um, guns weirding you out. Uh, when I was in the UK, I learned that y'all don't really have guns unless no. you're like a hunter. And it's just it's like guns are like a recreational tool to you guys. Like, it's yeah, just... yeah. I, I know one person with a gun. Uh, I've, I've met one person with a gun and it's my dad. Um, and that's because when he retired, he decided uh, that there's too many Chinese. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he decided that even though he's like a working class guy who never graduated from school, that he was going to try and pretend to be a country gentleman. Oh, and okay. shoot birds. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, Dad, I'm a vegetarian. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Oh, I just thought we could bond over meaning. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't quite get it. No, but but one thing I'll defend him on: he might shoot birds, but he only does it to eat them. That's good. like he's not just doing it for the fun of it. Like I mean, he enjoys it, but he's not just shooting them and leaving them. Yeah, <laughs> such a different attitude to guns than we have here in America. We have assault rifles as like uh, an accessory, just like a oh my god, just like a thing to wear. You know. And my stepfather actually sells um, guns and assault rifles and Mm. all these awful things. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's... Have you ever shot one? um, I've fired a handgun before. Um, It's not like the movies. There's a lot of... It just basically flies... I was like 10 at the time. So (laughs) it just flies out of... Shot across the room. (laughs) My scrawny ass. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, it's totally a different feeling. It's like an explosion in your hand. It's awful. I, ugh, it's so Now, I, I did also grow up, the listeners will be sick of this, I did also grow up for a while, this is going to be weird, in Pakistan. Mm. And they, they they have guns. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of guns. A lot of shops you go to, if you just go into the store, there'll just be a guy with a shotgun standing there, like, making sure you don't steal anything. Oh, <laughs> Hey. Yeah, just casual, you know. <laughs> is it a shot? Was it a shotgun or like an AR-15? One of those like crazy guns or? The guards often had shotguns, but the Pakistani police would often have like AK-47s and stuff. It's a standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they'd just bring them in. You'd go like buy a burger or something, <laughs> and they'd come in for their lunch. You know, they're having their break, and they'd just slam the gun on the table when they go up to get the burger. <laughs> and it's like, there you go. <laughs> Boy, Angela's really chatting my ear off back in the. Off it. 
Yeah, it was uh, interesting in that regard. So I've I've experienced it a little bit. <laughs> but uh, ba- back in the song. Yeah. Um, what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, the beautiful song. It's beautiful. Uh, Vanna, you're, you're well aware I go off topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, in the lyrics, again, it, it sounded to me a little bit like Hansel singing to Hedvig, as I say, because mm. kind of like a remnant of their past trying to guide their new form. And you've got it in the lyrics, you know, um, and if you've got no other choice, you know you can follow my voice through the dark turns and noise of this wicked little town. And also, Lady Luck has led you here, and they're so twisted up, they'll twist you up, I fear. It's kind of like yeah, Hansel's like uh, worried oh. about their future selves. Oh wow, I d- I totally miss that interpretation. But yeah, this movie is so much more deep than I thought it was. <laughs> Just talking about mythologies of people being yeah. smitten, and I yeah. this, there's so much to this, and this idea of metamorphosis and looking back at. Who You Are is repeated in um, my favorite song, Wig in the Box. Um, hey. I hate to tie in uh, another episode, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that whole line, um, suddenly the strangest things seem routine, is just this moving back and forth from past and future. And um, yeah. it's so cool that you um, uh, offer this new perspective of, of 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 this kind of throwaway line, I didn't even think that. Yeah. Well, hopefully some some listeners agree with me, and I'm not an idiot. No, that's that. <laughs> that's Whatever. <laughs> but then Hedvig spots somebody in the crowd. They're drawn together, mesmerized by each other. Hmm. How did their lives get intertwined? Um, Hedvig is like the babysitter. The babysitter for his young, like baby brother. Yeah. Yeah. So. She's hanging out in the house with the baby. She sees him in the bath doing his thing. She goes and helps him out. He's like <laughs> squeezing it or something. <laughs> Pinch <laughs> <the hip. laughs> It's his first try. He's a, he's a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. This is what it looks like you do, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, they don't show it in the movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, yeah, I, I never knew which way round it was. Like, mm. did Hedvig do that and that's what drew him to the to this uh, show? Or is it the other way round? He saw Hedvig at the show, but then it's weird that she would get the job babysitting unless he recommended her to his dad? I don't know. Well, I mean, that could track, but I wouldn't think that Tommy would know that Hedvig is in the business of babysitting from yeah. that performance alone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unless, unless they just had a really weird conversation afterwards. Um, hey, great show. Uh, <laughs> do you like babies? Because <laughs> you'll never guess what we're looking for. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for a singer like you. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe maybe Hedvig told Tommy about the show while she was babysitting. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be something like that it, it's a tough one to know because Hedvig definitely isn't just singing to him to be cute like there's, there's a connection going on there yeah even if it's kind of deep and spiritual and metaphysical the message is very pointed mm. yeah I mean, this is Tommy Speck who we've heard about 
or Tommy Gnosis as he's gonna become. <laughs> and uh, I thought his T-shirt was hilarious because I'd never really paid attention to it before. But did you notice what it said? No, is it God? Does it say God doesn't think I exist? Is that the line? Close. It says, uh, I actually, I listened to the uh, commentary track just to double check, and they do bring it up. So I was like, yes. It says, God doesn't believe in atheists. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of that radical anti-anti <laughs> rhetoric. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a cool Christian. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, with his own um, acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know who was totally radical? Some guy called Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you about him. <laughs> that's that's the impression I get. But he's, he's Tommy is such a striking dude, isn't he? Like the eyes, the lips. He's a Michael Pitt is a very interesting looking man. Yeah, but very yeah. or boy here. Yeah, but very attractive. Very beautiful. Yeah, and I've loved him in everything. I, I've heard. You know, if he's listening, I apologize. I'm sure he's not. I've heard he can be difficult to work with, but I don't trust people who say that. Yeah. Because I think if you're an introvert, people assume you're being a jackass. Yeah. And you're not. You just don't want to talk to people. That's fine. Like, I, when I'm at work, I'm there. I'll be editing my podcast or doing something else. I'll have headphones on. People probably think I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, it's that quiet type that usually gets, like, pegged as like you know distant cold aversive non-confrontational yeah or it could be something as simple as like he has boundaries oh yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you're not allowed to have them to some people yeah. people don't like it when you don't let people do stuff to you <laughs> yeah you're too, you're too no. pretty to have boundaries <laughs> that is such a oh, God. That is such a misogynistic thing, isn't it? Like, just like, you'd be prettier if you smiled more. Like, people feel like they have control over you because they want to fuck you. It's like, ugh. Yeah, Yeah, everyone I know in the drag scene has a story about people touching them. Mm -hmm. Like, inappropriately touching them. Not just like a hug or something. (laughs) Well, that's why I developed this character that um, I just touch back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why not <laughs> like you do it to me <laughs> <laughs> they always do the same thing that the guy did when you um when you shouted back they sort of get oh. submissive and then i find that my fan base sort of turns into these gluttons for punishment that just kind of speak <laughs> out um this kind of dominating character that i've created oh that's cool though there's, there's a connection there. Yeah, there's a little bit of psychology in that, I guess. <laughs> oh, this is getting deep now. <laughs> Didn't think that this would be a psychology podcast. Oh, oh. We, we, we can go off on any tangent we like. I was, I was going to say something about Tommy. No, about Michael Pitt, not Tommy. Michael Pitt, yes, sorry. <laughs> Michael Pitt. So, I love him in everything. Have you seen him? I, he was in Boardwalk Empire for really? a few seasons. Loved it. Yeah. Loved him in that. He's like the main guy in it for the first couple of seasons. Really? Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. I lost interest in it after he left. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love the whole thing. Oh, but I, I get time. it because he is, it, it's his story you're following originally. And again, the rumor is they fired him. And that's why they got rid of the character. Oh, damn. Mm. And then he's in Hannibal, uh, season two. 
Really? Oh, yeah. I loved him in that, too. I loved Hannibal. Hannibal's the most wonderful thing. And he's playing Mason Verger, a really fucked up villain. But then in season three, after his character has been uh, drugged and made to cut and eat his own face, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Michael Pitt's gone. It's a different guy playing the uh, deformed version. Again, the rumor is because they just didn't get on with him. Mm. I hope that's not true because John Cameron Mitchell had nothing but good things to say to him in the the Hedwig supplementary features. Probably because he wanted to fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know. You can't blame him. No, I, I, no, I'm powerless to beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the lips and the eyes for him. That's the. He might have that terrible uh, Leonardo DiCaprio hairdo from back in the day, but it's the lips and the eyes, <laughs> like a good Batman. Like a good Batman. <laughs> it's all in those. Yeah, because that's all you see. <laughs> that's, it's all you need. That's why I defend when people say Val Kilmer was a bad Batman. I'm like, well. Maybe the acting was bad, but the lips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he brought the lips. That chin poking out, just like... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but um, when we were talking about Lot and all that kind of thing... Yes. Um, now, my previous guest on the show, Licorice Black, uh, uh, compared... Her. Oh, you love her? Oh, I'll leave that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, she compared Hedvig at one point to a god, right? They had reasoning. Or at least they thought that Hedwig saw themselves in those kind of terms. And I guess you could kind of argue that all of this talk of Lot and the angels ties into that. Because the angels, um, uh, when they stop by, basically them and religious folk are being persecuted. Kind of like Hedwig feels like they are in the lyrics of the song. Hmm. I see that. I can see that. Hmm. So that's a bit of evidence to back them up because Cheddar Gorgeous was on with them and disagreed with them (laughs) (laughs) well there was an argument love cheddar also um yeah uh, i i definitely see a a dichotomy within hedvig where there's that sort of grandiosity mixed with Mm. um well actually no not that much self-deprecation um i think she's very self-effacing and sort of is kind of open with all her wheelings and dealings and uh you know um i guess she does liken herself to a god of some sort yeah i suppose i was in the middle i didn't know whether to completely agree with them or not there's definitely comparisons made to religious things and philosophical things and spiritual and all this kind of stuff whether or not they actually believe themselves to be that is a different thing yeah yeah I'm just, I mean, it's just an extreme, talented outsider. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see yourself in different ways, multifaceted kind of ways, because even the lyrics of this are sort of calling to the duality that's pre- present throughout. Because the lyrics have, you know, up and down, on and off, etc. Oh, yeah. Blow, uh, hot and cold. Hot and cold. Yeah. 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 So everyone, everyone's a multifaceted being. And ultimately, that's the story of Hedvig, I suppose. They... They come to embrace all different aspects of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this movie is kind of um, sort of gearing you up to accept the things that you discover about yourself. And um, yeah. it's, a, it's an empowering film, just all the way. Oh, God, yeah. Even the first time I watched it, 
and I got to the end because it was the first viewing and I'd, I'd never seen a movie like this before. I didn't know what to make of the ending, but I felt it. Yeah. Like it was very powerful. Like you, you could, you kind of got the emotion and what they were going for without your brain understanding it. I kind of, I'm kind of vague on the ending. Is it, an, is it an ambiguous ending where she sort of just fades to white? You can read it quite a few different ways. That's the thing. That, that's always a good thing to me in a movie when it's, mm. You know, you can read it this way, you can read it that way, you can talk about it, you can have a conversation. But um, essentially, I would say at the end, Hedwig is like they come to accept things about themselves and they are essentially reborn anew as a third. Oh, yeah. Hedwig walks off. Naked. That's right. OK. Yeah. Because it's even like being born. They're nude. Yeah. And they're, they're coming out of a tunnel. Yeah. Towards a light. But yeah. did they join with Tommy Gnosis? Ah well, this is this is up for debate. Some people do seem to think they are the they are one and the same. Mm. Whereas I think that's more they're one and the same in spirit. Like this mm-hmm. is maybe what Hedvig could have been. Oh yes, because I had this argument with in my home <laughs> 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 that they were you know there was just like oh yeah then then you know their song and the two singing together and then they're joined with Tommy Gnosis and then they walk away as another creature. Oh. I don't. I I didn't get that. There's bits of that in there. Well, that does tie back into that um, parable that Hedvig um, comes up with in the origin of love is two people mm-hmm. being sewn back together. Yeah. That, yeah, that would make sense. Some people do take it literally, like they two people have become one. Whereas I think it's more kind of spiritual and coming to terms with things because that's when Hedvig decides I love the way we're jumping ahead that's when Hedvig decides to kind of let Tommy go and to just move on and the the same for Tommy yeah and it's almost like Hedwig accepts that you know everybody in the band is kind of switching gender and becoming new things but sorry we are at the very end but um he's jumped ahead yeah that it's it just seems like Hedwig comes to terms and an acceptance to all their multifaceted personalities and everything yeah. they can be and are. Mm. Definitely. And like, I think the wicked little town in question in this, in this song is sort of in some ways an internal thing as well as external. Cause obviously they're living in a shit hole in, a, in crappy circumstances but it's also kind of about your own psychology and how you see yourself and the world, I think. And Hedvig realizes they need to sort of escape from the things inside of themselves that's holding them back as well as the external. Mm-hmm. Hedwig always seems like a bit of a pessimist and a pragmatist <laughs> all at once. Definitely. And defending, defending her, their art. Yeah, which, I mean, the way they're treated in this movie, you, you can understand yeah. why. <laughs> no one else is going to do it. No, no, and I, I don't want to say I've defended Hedvig, but like as in their treatment of Yitzhak, I didn't defend it, but I, I said I could understand where it was coming from and what's led them to be this way. Ugh, I, I hated the way that she sort of kind of abused him a little bit. Yeah, that was that was kind of this like moment where. I sort of fell out of love with Hedvig, but that just builds like this more deep character. It's flawed, you know, that you're just like, yeah. oh, I don't totally love this awesome person. It's way more realistic yeah. for a start. Um, and they've been 
you know, I don't ex- again, I don't excuse mistreatment of people, but they've been mistreated by everyone in their life. So they they've not exactly had good relationships with anyone. Do they even understand how to have a good relationship? Well, I guess not. <laughs> Sadly, you do need to learn these things. Yeah. And unlearn the bad. She's never had a family, really. Um, just no different people that have sort of just taken her. Well, even the band, like they don't seem that close, do they? They no. together, but are they are they friends? No, we don't even know their names, really. <laughs> yeah, do they even? Off the top of my head, I don't think they actually say the names in the movie. You have to wait till the credits. Yeah, <laughs> like Skizzup. <laughs> I just had to look up who Yitzhak was. <laughs> <laughs> I I had to use context clues because I was like, is that the guy with the beard, <laughs> the drag king? Well, it's an interesting one with Yitzhak because the character is a drag queen. Right, this is really elaborate. So the character is a drag queen, but Hedvig, uh, as part of their relationship, has told them they can that they, they can never be a drag queen again. So they've had to revert to being a man. But they're being played in the movie by a woman, so it's an interesting, like, uh, gender fuckery. Yeah, it's like um, they're being forced to go against their nature. Yeah, Ugh. and that's why at the end, when they're sort of set free and let go, they they do go back to being a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, um, and they seem so like liberated. Yeah, because throughout the whole movie, you can see they've been kind of beaten down. Well, I mean, they they do blow up. Yitzhak does uh, kind of blow up uh, at understandable part. Yeah. Well, and uh, at the very end of the song here as well, Hedvig uh, dabs her face with a, a small <laughs> towel. Oh yeah. This, this is amazing, and throws it to Tommy as like a cute keepsake, and it has her whole damn face print on it from the makeup. Oh yeah, that was the ode to Tammy Faye Baker. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was Tammy Faye Baker the originator of that? Oh man! Well, there there used to be this this whole meme of, of weird t shirts um, that looked like smeared makeup on it because you know Tammy <laughs> Faye Baker was such a joke with all the extreme makeup <laughs> until everybody figured out how incredibly loving she was and supportive of the gay community. You know, after she got out from under her husband, and she became beloved. But you know, she. Yeah, there's a whole thing of that way back when. So, so that's potentially where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that shirt. It says, I ran into Tammy Faye Baker, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I need one. I need one. Yeah, yeah. But if we wanted to tie it back to the Christian thing, it could be a Shroud of Turin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Shroud of Hedvig. Or the Shroud of Junction City. <laughs> It is very biblical in that way, because it's 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 like a weird combination of biblical and flirtatious. <laughs> it's religious, but you're leaving a man with a small token. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a that's a that's a dichotomy as well. Yeah, actually, oh my god, I didn't even think of that. It is holy crap. This this movie's perfect. Mm, perfect movie. And uh, I really hope they made merch of these at some point. I I know when they were doing it on stage, off Broadway. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell would make jokes about it. Like, oh, you know, you can buy these in the lobby. <laughs> I don't think you could. Why not? I'd buy 10 of them. Uh, I think Tammy Faye's people might have uh, 
<laughs> We're in talks with oh. Tammy Faye's people. <laughs> well, speaking of Tammy's, I know Tammy Brown sells the exact same thing, but of their face. Oh, yeah, she does. Her makeup wipes. <laughs> oh, I love her. So that's a that's a great idea. There you go. So I'll just buy Tammy's then instead. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to a good cause. Saving the dolphins. Oh. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Every time she gets on Twitter, it's some tirade on saving dolphins or sea life. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's much more interesting than most people. Yeah, she's a good heart. Oh. And uh, th- this, though, it, this cracks me up. It's it's so funny. So funny. It's perfect. It's, it's Hedvig all over. Yeah, it does sort of um, take you back out of that serious moment. It's nice to end on a laugh. Yeah, I think that's the good thing with this movie. Whenever it gets deep and serious and emotional, it'll bring it right back and it won't feel jarring. Yeah, I don't. I mean, when I first watched the movie, I just felt at the end and everything, it was just super heavy. And that I would, you know, it's like, did I just watch a drama? You know, <laughs> what happened? Did I just learn something? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. One other thing I do at the end, once the once the chapter's over, I have a little section I call Ostalgie, which is uh, German for East Nostalgia. Uh-huh. And it's what they say for uh, their strange affection for East German things. <laughs> you know, this movie being about an East German rocker. Right. So I look up a, um, an East German fact. So because uh, of what's going on here, the band are uh, Korean. So I googled... <laughs> thorough research google uh relations between east germany and korea which of course just kept bringing up north korea not Ooh. south korea but but there you go but it turns out i went i went i tried to keep it light it turns out that although the ddr was one of the biggest supporters of north korea financially <laughs> they they didn't trust them even back in the 60s <laughs> so they knew what was up. They were doubting their socialist credentials, their ability to prevent food shortages, and uh, yep. questioned their treatment of citizens. So they're like, uh, you know, these these guys are a bit suspect. We'll keep our eye on them. Something else they didn't like. These Germans didn't like them pursuing nuclear weapons because <laughs> the uh, Deutsche Demokratische Republik were at the forefront of the disarmament movement, which people people forget because it's like, well, they're part of the Eastern Bloc. But no, they they were very much not on the Soviet side with that. They were like, everyone just needs to get rid of nuclear weapons because if a war's going to happen, where's going to get bombed first? Oh, probably Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> so that was their thinking at the time, smack bang in the middle of it all. And um, they actually, I have a quote from uh, one of the government officials who was worried about an ever-intensifying cult of personality that has been concentrated around Kim Il-sung. All of the achievements of the party and the Korean people are primarily attributed to the effect of comrade Kim Il-sung. So a legend is being created around him, which, with all due respect to his activities, does not reflect the facts. Wow. That's a nice way of saying they're just talking shit. Bullshit. <laughs> Cult of personality. It's the politically correct way of saying these guys are just talking nonsense. Yeah. Full Long, of shit. Yeah. Assholes. <laughs> Narcissists. Oh, man. So it's 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 wild. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, um, I mean, that was about the only... In- there, there was a bunch of other stuff, but it was getting a bit too serious about facts and figures. Ah, yeah. But I thought they were some, some interesting little East East German uh, and North Korean points. How did, how did Hedvig get in with that band again? It, it doesn't wow. say? Or is it just, like, left up to random... You figure it out. You've got to kind of figure it out. Now, um... There is a scene before this where Hedvig says they had a job. Um, let me see what it's called. Make sure I'm not mispronouncing this. Yes, Hedvig says they had a job at the base PX, which is an arm, it's a military um, store. Like it's a retail store you get on uh, military installations. So Hedvig was working there, and these women are Korean. And she says Korean sergeants' wives, which you could say are they wives of Korean sergeants or are they Koreans who are married to American sergeants, which I think is what it is. Oh, like Hedvig wives. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like so I think they probably connected on that. Trophies they... of foreign wars. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Actually. Yeah, trophies brutal. of foreign wars. Like... And what trophies they are. <laughs> Beautiful women. <laughs> I know. Uh, Love them. I, I thought they were like nail salon ladies that I they know. just threw like instruments at and was like, you be on base. <laughs> oh, Abora, I was so terrified to say that. I was like, <laughs> because I was like, is it a racist that I imagine that they were all nail salon? Well, it could be. It could be true because you don't know what they do. You know what their husband does. Yeah, they could. Uh, and, but yeah, being a sergeant's wife isn't a job. I, I guess they yeah. could. I mean, it feels like a job. <laughs> well, it's um, a title. <laughs> um, Marriage is always a job. <laughs> uh, but no, when you consider the the reality that they are, you know, women of foreign conquest, that's a far darker take than the basest racist of <laughs> saying that they're nail technicians. Thank you. Thank you for making me feel better. <laughs> I will be. I will be the martyr racist in this scenario. <laughs> so oh God! Oh no! <laughs> you have completely changed my view on it, though. Yeah, I just thought, oh, that's nice. They're, you know, they've moved to America. They've, they've got husbands with these good jobs, and they get to be in a band. That's cool. But no, you've made it really dark. Nobody, nobody really thinks about it. But it's the same thing that happened to Hedvig. Um, her yeah. husband was um, just some sleazy, gunslinging murderer and saw a cute little faggot and um, mm. took him back. And then as soon as he brings him back, he's like, well, you're just two years older than my limit. So here's the new twink that's replacing you. <laughs> oh, that is literally what happens, isn't it? It's like, well, here's this little boy I'm swapping you for. Goodbye. I don't date chicks. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Luther. <laughs> so brutal. It is. It is awful. Ugh. So we'll we'll lighten the mood somewhat, <laughs> maybe by going to song recommendations that I do. Well, well if I could start being that this yeah. is totally in theme with the lightheartedness that we're trying oh, to switch to. Um, <laughs> I've actually been um, doing some research for a new performance that I'm working on, and I've been listening to the Hereditary soundtrack 
Um, I love it. It's such an like orgasmic soundscape of just these awful shrill noises and <laughs> just this discomforting. Just it's just like the it's 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 the crux of the movie. It really is the most unsettling thing to do yeah. your dishes in the dark at night too. <laughs> just like I, I put on I've got the Hannibal soundtrack on I am pretentious on vinyl. Oh. And um I put I put it on on like a Sunday morning when I'm cooking eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Scrambled with a nice Chianti. <laughs> but it's got that same kind of vibe like the music is part of why I love Hereditary. Yes, and it it and I've also had the um Shining soundtrack. And, you know, Ooh. of course, Midsommar. Uh, the Shining soundtrack is sort of the predecessor to that with the um, the uh, the disjointed strings sort of leading you oh, yeah. up and down staircases of these just uncertainty and just general dread and anxiety. And that's what I've been listening to for the past two days. <laughs> wonderful. Have, have you got one in particular you like or just any? Um. I've been going back and forth between the opening um, track uh, mm. of the funeral and the oh. closing track of the. Um, huh. I guess it's called Reborn. It's 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 such a um, circular movie that the beginning yeah. and the end are the same, and you have to rewatch it pretty much immediately after you finish, and um, and and then the movie starts over with all new uh, meaning and you see it through completely different eyes. It's such an experience. I highly I'm, recommend I'm tempted to put it on after this. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. I haven't watched it at all. I've got to watch it. <gasps> oh my God, you need to. Watch I it love twice. Horror. I love horror uh, too. I, so it's a crime that I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I think you'll love it. It's the best horror movie I've seen in years. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. <gasps> oh my recommend. God, it's so good. <laughs> I've I've had it ready to watch since it came out, and I keep going. Ah, like it's over three hours. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Again, watch it twice, so it's six hours. <laughs> I I would be okay with that, you know but weird? anyone I would want to watch it with probably wouldn't. <laughs> no, do not. No, this is not a date movie. Do not watch it with somebody. <laughs> I had. I am one of those people that cannot stand long movies. And I had oh, no yeah. idea that Midsummer was three hours until you just said so. Yeah. Well, I think that there are two cuts of it, though, because I've got the, the stupidly long extended cut. You need it. There is a shorter one. Oh, yeah, I might have I, seen the shorter one. I recommend the longer one. I, I, I yeah. can't get enough. I can't get enough. I, I always go with the longer cut of these things. <sighs> yeah. So I actually read up about it, too, like afterwards. So I know what was missing from the movie that I saw. So I, I'm pretty sure I saw the shorter one, which is, was pretty good. I'm sure it was still at least two hours. Probably the longer one has more jokes. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, they took all the all the gags out. Yeah, a lot of ooh, a lot of waka waka. Like ah, <laughs> check, please. Yeah, they they weren't sure if a general audience would really get into the slapstick comedy, oh. so they saved that for the diehard. <laughs> yeah, fans. funny thing happened on the way to the death cliff. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and uh, Klingon Vanna White, what is your suggestion? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I've been kind of weirdly into this um, band that does a lot of soundtracks too. Perfume oh. Genius. Oh, I love Perfume Genius. I know. I know the name. Yeah. So, so one of my favorites right now is Queen. 
And it's like this super weird, overwrought lyrics that I don't even know exactly what it means. But I just love the way the song is set up and, um, you know, produced. It's almost like two different songs together. And it's just incredibly, like, I guess, orgasmic to my ears. (laughs) Well, I'm sold. I'll have to put that on after this. I always love it when it sounds like two songs mashed together. I like it when a song makes me check to see if the tracks change. Like, huh, what? Is this is this still track two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the same one. I was turned of... on to this song, I I believe, by Mr. Robot. Oh. Or right. at least I've the band. I've seen the first two seasons, and then I haven't gone back since. Not because it's bad. I love it. I just got sidetracked. What's that one about? You know, it's about a, a programmer um, who is a major hacker and just causes just disruption in the world to the 1%, essentially. Hmm. Feel good. Yeah, it's a real feel good. And, and also, he's an unreliable narrator because he's also insane and a, and a drug, drug addict. Wait, so, insane? You're saying you don't see Christian Slater in the corner of your room? All <laughs> no. <laughs> as much as I okay. want to. <laughs> As much as I need to, I don't see Christian Slater. Then, <laughs> come on, Christian. Why aren't yeah. you visiting our lovely guest? <laughs> You'll get a knock on the door tomorrow and be like, "Is that going to be Christian Slater?" I'm going to be so disappointed when it's not, and I'm going to call Aww, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were going to be Christian Slater. <laughs> no, mailman. <laughs> played by, played by, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. what are you doing? Ryan Reynolds, get Reynolds. Out Ryan Reynolds, get out. I was expecting <laughs> Christian Slater to get the <laughs> hell out of my house. I want Christian Slater now. <laughs> oh, no. I, I have been known to pick a couple of dark songs, but I, I mixed it up a little bit this time. They're too, they're not dark like those, and they're both completely different. So I, I get two because I'm a narcissistic asshole <laughs> who hosts the podcast. I can do what I like. So first off, I had Small Town by Lou Reed and John Cale because uh, it's their song for Andy Warhol after he died. Aww. And uh, yeah, Lou is singing it as Andy, talking about tri- how he's trying to get out of his small town. Out of Pittsburgh. Uh, mm, yeah. Well, it was a small part of Pittsburgh, I think, as well. Yeah. He had a good line as well in it that I liked. He said, uh, if they stare, let them stare in New York City. <laughs> so I quite like that. Like, well, fuck them. They're going to stare anyway, so I might as well be somewhere big. That's okay. <laughs> and then I picked a completely different type of uh, song, Nutbush City Limits by Tina Turner. Because <laughs> I didn't realise until I looked at the words, oh, that is a similar theme. That is also about a shitty small town that she's trying to get out of. And it's got a jazzier tune to it. Yeah, whereas the Lou Reed one's quite chilled out yeah. and mellow. Yeah. Huh, heroin. Way to, way, to, way to stick to the thing. Uh, I like the way you said heroin, yeah. because it made me think, that's my favorite song he sings with the Velvet Underground. I thought you were going to say, that's my favorite drug. <laughs> you know, it, it's in my top four. <laughs> only, only occasionally, recreational heroin, you know. You don't want to hit that stuff every night. Awful. If you are struggling with addiction, please seek help. I know. On a serious note. Please do, genuinely. We, we joke, but seriously. We joke. I have my own. Um, I'm in, actually in recovery right now. So. Yeah. I'm so it's sorry. Like, I, love to be, I love to pick at the scab and, and laugh uh-huh. at it. <laughs> yeah. 
dark humor. It's the way to get through these things. Yeah, I, I joke as well, but I am also um, a recovering alcoholic. So I, I find that when um, when we can look back and laugh on it, it's the real place of healing, I, I feel. And I'm not just yeah. saying yes. be a, 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 a contrarian uh, edgelord shit starter. I really find that at meetings, the people who sort of have a sense of humor about it seem to be the ones that have truly healed from it. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, everybody I know from that the scene way back in the day when I was like raging, I'm just like, yep, everything you've heard is true. <laughs> about me. Oh. <laughs> so about keeping it light. <laughs> no, we don't do that around here. We, we go all over the map, much like the movie. Because the movie's about all of these kind of things. And it relates to people from all kinds of walks of life, whether you're a musician, whether you're into drag whether you're uh, a world traveler whether you're a star whether you're a nobody whether you're a drug addict you know there's something for everyone religious atheists everyone really yes everyone should watch this and learn mm. if you think you're not gonna like it watch it oh you're probably not listening to the podcast yeah, yeah. Watch it. i mean like Make who someone is... else <laughs> i would love that if someone's listening and it's just i've never seen this movie <laughs> yeah. it'd be quite fun yeah I think that would be cool to listen to something like this and then and then go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, then we'll head off down the highway. We'll hit the road once more with our band, get to the next gig. So would you both like to tell our listeners where they can find you and your wonderful works online? Uh, Let's go. Who should go first? Klingon, you go first. You could go to um, (laughs) chickenspray.us. I'm, I am going to go there. And if it's, if it's not to do with you, I'm not going to hold it against you because it'll be a good No, thing. I have a whole list of URLs that I just have point to random, my random websites. And so <laughs> that was the only one that could come to my mind on such short notice. <laughs> it was oh, like beautiful. that scene in Seven with all the strings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bookmark that. It's going to be my home page. Wait until you like load it and then watch it reroute, reroute, reroute until it finally gets to the final destination. Turn off your pop-up blocker. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to find me, you'll find me. If not, you can fuck off. I uh, I don't need the followers. I'm kind of kind of good. You can follow me on Abora (laughs) underscore sucks on all social media. Uh, Again. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot Not of fun. that I'm going to become a, a stalker or anything, but a sucks, is it spelled S-U-X or S-U-C-K-S? Or? Oh, it's the, it's the proper English. Yeah. Oh, proper English. <laughs> oh, yeah, you wouldn't be uncouth. Oh, and uh, I'm sure all the listeners know where to find me, but you can go to the Facebook group, Hedvig's Wicked Little Town, Twitter, at Hedvig Pod, Instagram, same again, and come and check out the Patreon, uh, because it now is a, it's an amalgamation of the Patreon episodes for my other show, Bat Minute, and this, because I'm starting to launch uh, spin-off episodes for this, where we talk about John Cameron Mitchell's next movie, uh, not next movie, that's short bus. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about his most recent movie, How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Oh. 
and we are going to review uh, that episode of Riverdale where they copied Hedwig for a bit. Oh, I love <laughs> I just yeah. saw that. Amazing. I haven't watched it yet. I've seen two seasons of Riverdale. I like it because it's crap. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just... It's shit, and it knows it's shit. <laughs> I, I love Riverdale, too. What if it didn't know it was trash. shit, and you just totally just ripped it a new one? <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't know, <laughs> then the whole humor falls apart for me. <laughs> You know, it, it's like Showgirls. They thought that they were yeah, doing it. Like, I, 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 I genuinely <laughs> like Showgirls, not ironically. <laughs> <laughs> that pool scene, though. It's beautiful. It's literally like uh, 30 seconds of, um, you know, of business to like to like the end of it. <laughs> no, I, I put it on because all my friends were telling me, oh, this movie's so bad, it's great, it's so bad, it's great. I put it on and at the end I was like, no, I just actually liked it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th- my favorite romantic movie is Secretary, so it probably says a lot about me. Secretariat? Uh, Secretariat, <laughs> yes. No, Secretary. That's your sexy movie? It's about a horse. <laughs> oh, wow. I do have a friend who said to me once, she turned to me and just said, like, horses are really sexy. <laughs> like, they're just they're just glistening, sinewy muscle. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, after watching BoJack Horseman, I totally get it. Yeah, weirdly, I didn't disagree with her. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm not going to fuck a horse, but yeah. (laughs) I'm not a furry or anything, but that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Fine. So come and talk all about furries on the Facebook group, (laughs) and we will see you again for Chapter 15 of Hedvig, Inch by Angry Inch. Bye. To tell you the truth, I'm a little nervous myself. You see, this is the first song I've ever written. It's written for a guy to sing, and we're talking to Phil Collins' people, but then again, aren't we all? You know the sun is in your eyes. And hurricanes and rain, black and cloudy skies. You're running up and down that hill. You turn it on and off at will. There's nothing here to thrill or bring you down. And if you've got no you know you can follow my voice Through the dark turns and noise of this wicked little town Lady Luck has left you here And they're so twisted up, they'll twist you up The pious, hateful, and devout You turn in tricks to your turned out The wind so cold it burns You're burning out, blowing round And if you've got no other choice You know you can follow my voice Through the dark turns and no